Welcome to PR After Hours, your twice-weekly cocktail of business, PR, and marketing tips hosted by me, Alex Greenwood. Every week, we bring you virtual happy hours featuring business advice from entrepreneurs and leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. We're going to get started in just a moment, so stick with us. This is Julie Cortez, freelance rock star, coming at you. You are listening to PR After Hours. They call it the Great Resignation. Wonder why? Well, think about this. 42.1 million Americans quit a job in 2019. Now, I'm speaking to you, hello, from the past or maybe the future. No, the past. I'm speaking to you in 2021. So let's go back over that again. In 2019, 42.1 million Americans quit their jobs. Okay, that was a record-breaking number at the time. On October 12, 2021, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that 4.3 million Americans, or 2.9% of the entire workforce, quit their jobs in August. That's more than 10% of the previous record. uh, That was an annual record, and it all happened in just one month. The pandemic shutdown gave us time to think about what we want from work and from life in general, causing employees and employers to shift the paradigms about work. I can think of nobody better to discuss this than my friend and colleague, Michelle Stinson Ross. She is the chief marketing officer and co-founder of Mindful Appy. It's a mark. She's got a. We're going to talk about marketing. Uh, excuse me, Mindful Appy and the whole thing. She's got a great marketing and writing background, with a focus on storytelling and psychology. Uh, anyway, we're going to get really into this. Michelle, welcome. I don't know if this is a welcome back to the virtual lounge. Have you been here before or is that the other show? I, I've I've been in several of your virtual lounges, but not this one. <laughs> well, welcome to PR After Hours. Michelle, this whole thing about the Great Resignation, it's on everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you think the problem is, because everybody's, all the employers are just saying, get your ass back to work. Everybody get back to work. And, and why are they quit these jobs? Why all of a sudden were they spoiled? Were they pampered? But I suspect it's a little different than that. It, it's actually a lot different and the reasons are fairly vast and numerous. So going back to what you quoted, that the pandemic shutdown gave a lot of people a reason to rethink things. So either they were laid off because their restaurant, their whatever was closed, or they were forced to work from home when they'd never done so before because the office had to be shut down. And actually, those are two very different circumstances when you think about it. So the restaurant workers, the frontline people, everybody that they basically were furloughed, they're without a job entirely. They're not working. They're now at a position where, okay, I need to find another job. I can't go on, you know, indefinitely with no idea when when the end date is on this thing. I got to go find another job. So there's that group of people that were furloughed and just had to do something about it immediately. And then there are the people that were sent to work remote, all of a sudden realizing that not only do I have to hold down my job and my normal life from home, but hello, my kid's school is also closed and I got to deal with that. So uh, there was just a major upheaval in the way we dealt with our day-to-day lives 
that caused a lot of people to reflect and go, is this really the way I want to do this? Do I like this? Is this maybe the moment to change? And, oh, hey, I don't have to go back to the office. I can either decide I like this remote work thing so long as the kids go back to school and that's what I want. Or I want a blend of in office and remote, which we're all calling hybrid workplace now. And just the fact that the nature of work here in the United States changed because of the pandemic made a lot of people rethink, is this really what I want to be doing? Is this really why I want to give my time and energy when I've got family and friends and people passing away? I mean, just, just the loss of life over the last year made a lot of people think, huh, is this really what I want to be doing with myself? So there are a lot of factors that play into why people are choosing to do this, but this confluence of factors is causing a lot of people to rethink what they're doing. And it makes rehiring really hard, which is where it gets into the PR aspect of all of this. It's like, now I have to reposition my company as someplace that pays well enough, that has the right kinds of benefits, the right kind of work environment that I can attract people to it. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I tweeted something, I think last week, and it was an article, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, the gist of it was uh, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, mm-hmm. which let's, let's extrapolate a little bit. I think then we can walk right into what you do. Uh, and I said this in my tweet, I just said, you know, I would say the majority of the jobs I've ever quit in my life was usually due to an unethical, incompetent, uh, or even corrupt manager. Uh, and the reason why was, even if it wasn't that that manager was directly that way to me, they created a culture mm-hmm. uh, that that created suspicion or distrust or dis, you know or or fear and those kinds of things. So I have to wonder. I think I think for purposes of our listeners, we probably don't have a ton of listeners who were frontline retail people or you know restaurant servers and hostesses and, and people like or cooks and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we definitely had people like you said who went from an office environment and then realized I can do all this from home. It's kind of a new version of this whole meeting couldn't have been an email. Right. Right. So I'm curious though. uh, It sounds to me like from a PR perspective, see, I'm getting to the point eventually, you know, I do. Okay. Is everybody's like, okay, come on back now. Everything's good. All is forgiven. Come work for us again. It's all going to be great. But they really haven't examined that manager, Steve, who is toxic, they really haven't delved into why people don't want to come back. I mean, me, I've worked from home for, for a dozen years, practically well off and on, but, but basically for, for about 10 years, um, I would like to go to an office. I miss being around, around people. So mm-hmm. what does it say that there are people who are like, I don't under any circumstances want to go back to the office. And if I have to, I quit. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, several things to unpack there. And I think I want to start with the the management or leadership option there. So there's a couple of things going on. You may actually have a manager that is normally really great with a team of people so long as they're in the office, they can engage with them face-to-face, they can can have that one-on-one type conversation. You send everybody home where now all of our conversations are mediated by this camera And all of a sudden that particular manager's skills don't quite translate to the new environment. There's nothing particularly wrong. They're not setting up 
a situation where there's a lack of psychological safety or any of the any number of things. It's just that they need to adjust and maybe improve their soft skills a little bit. I give you an example. I have a colleague that works in Indiana and we were talking about this. I said, do you realize that you really do need to check in on your people more? Cause he tends to be, you know, a pretty hands-off, let them do whatever it is. He, he is not a micromanager in any stretch of the imagination. And we got to talking about the fact that now that we're working from remote and I can't actually be in the same room with you, out of sight, out of mind, I might get ignored more than I ought to. And it's going to take a little bit of initiative on the manager, the leadership's part to step up and go, hey, um, is everything working? Do you need a computer upgrade? Do you need a better webcam? What do you, is this schedule still working for you this way? Do you need um, a deadline extension? Uh, you know, all of those things that we might normally pick up on if we were in the office together, now we have to actually be proactive and ask, first of all. So that's for managers that were pretty good, but oh, this environment's a little bit different and, and they need to like upgrade their skills a little bit. For those managers that are toxic, can we be honest and just say that they're toxic? Please that they're creating an environment that is not conducive to you know, a healthy workplace, that they're creating distrust, that they're destroying basically the psychological safety within their team environment. That's a completely different issue. And the problem with a lack of psychological safety is nobody's ever going to speak up. So for those of you that aren't familiar with that term, psychological safety just means that the environment is such that somebody feels safe, that they can speak up without fear of retribution or negative backlash, right? Um, there are certain places where psychological safety is absolutely critical, say in an emergency room where a nurse spots something that's not quite right. Hmm. She needs to know that she can speak up or he needs to know that he can speak up and correct the problem without getting you know, put on review or something for, you know, um, contradicting a doctor, contradicting or a doctor. Exactly. Thank you. Right. Yeah. That. So that reestablishing that psychological safety will go a long way toward dealing with that toxic environment, giving people the safety valve to speak up and say, this is not right. This is not working for me. Can we please fix this? So Big difference between just like, I need to upgrade my skills and I need to not be toxic. Well, that leads us to what you do. Can you tell us about Mindful Appy? I, folks, full disclosure, I know a little bit about this. I was kind of there for the soft launch, did a little PR with them. I adore, of course, Michelle and Tina, um, who is the, the CEO and, and, and the whole group. It's wonderful. But tell us a little bit, if you would, Michelle, about this product that you're marketing, that you're leading the efforts to market, uh, to try to help employers and employees function better. Right. So basically Mindful Appy is a software as a service system that enables employers, team leaders to collect emotional feedback in an anonymous and psychologically safe way. What we do is send out a emotional pulse, basically a prompt to reply back with the emoji that best represents how you feel in that moment. Because 
it's anonymous and because it is an emoji, we don't have the context of like the way people phrase words and all that kind of, it really does protect people's anonymity and gives them a safety valve to reply and begin to provide that additional layer of contextual data that drives company culture. What the business gets out of prompting these responses and collecting this data is they get more information on how a particular team is doing over time. So if there's a lot of ups and downs, the team is really volatile. Some days they're really great, some days they're not great at all. That is an indicator over time that there's something going on and this, this team is not on even keel. What's going on? We need to ask further questions. Um, also, capturing things in the moment enables us to go, how well is, is the company or a particular division doing in response to something that has happened? So whether that's returning to the office post-pandemic or whether that is a buyout or a merger or any number of fairly major changes to the way the company does business, we can track over time how the staff at large is doing with a change like that. We can also get feedback about how to implement a change. So going back to the whole, are we going back to the office? Are we doing hybrid? How are we going to do this thing? We can actually get some much better data on how the staff feels about these things without having to go through a whole bunch of surveys that just cause more trouble than they're worth. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about this, and I've participated in kind of a beta on this is uh, you basically your employer has your cell phone number um, and it goes to Mindful Appy, but it's not like Mindful Appy knows you or keeps your data or anything other than you get a text at certain times of the day or one time, once a day or whatever, and you just use an emoji. And I've, I'll just save everybody the, the, the trouble. Yes, you can use the poop emoji. Yes, you can use all the weird ones emoji. if you want, yeah. because because Michelle, right, the, the, the app over time kind of learns each individual respondent's means of communicating, right? So what we have is basically there, there is a method of scoring both the affect, positive or negative emotion, as well as defining some sort of mood. So there are several emojis that might represent joy we lump all of those together as representing joy. And then we score them based on whether that's extremely joyful or just maybe a little bit happy, right? Among all of those, we then take the responses and calculate what is basically a net promoter score, but for emotion. And because it is a different calculation, it's a different way of collecting that information. We actually have given it a new name. So for this instance, instead of the net promoter score where we're just rating how likely you are to recommend our business, our product or whatever to somebody else, this is the net emotional index. That score is a weighted average of everyone's responses to a particular prompt that gives you a number that tells you basically how positive, how negative or how somewhere in the middle neutral the team is as a whole. And that's part of how that anonymity and psychological safety is preserved because we're aggregating and averaging everybody's mood and emotion for that one prompt together. So it's not, 
you're not ever going to get a score based on just one person. You have to have a team in order to even calculate a score. So one way this could work, let's say, let's say uh, a whole team is going to go to a trade show and let's say there's 10 people on the team. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody from the boss of the, you know, who's overseeing everything down to like the eight people who are going to be working the floor and doing all the support and all that. Say they're all on this. You can literally track by asking at certain times of the day over like, say, a three day trade show or two day. You can see where the ups and downs were. Right. And and that can usually point at, uh, if, if, if not a person, a certainly an activity or or something. Right. Right. I would also recommend doing it like a few days leading up to the trade show so that you have a sense of how prepared is this group of people for this trade show is is everybody set is everybody in the right mood to kind of be on at a trade show at a booth right so one of the things I actually use it for is internally for meetings so I am a part of several groups within our company and one of the delightful things about this is when I respond to a prompt, I also get a text message back the next morning, letting me know what the mood was of everybody in my group. So I know that next day going into meetings, kind of where the mood of the team is. So maybe I'm getting a blend of a few of us are happy, but somebody's just like tired and worn out. Maybe maybe we're at risk for a little bit of burnout. I might want to make sure if I'm the one that's in the good mood and I've got a little bit of extra empathy and energy available that I might want to check in with the rest of my team and go, is there anybody that just needs extra help? How can I support you? So having that data back to me on the team that I'm participating in this pulse with also helps me navigate and manage how I work with the team that next day. And it would also apply to, you know, the, that group of people going to a trade show that if they're seeing that everybody's still pretty up, everybody's doing all right, then, hey, this is going to be a great day today on the trade show floor. Yeah. And the thing to think about here, and I, I can, everybody, I think I can hear your wheels turning. Listen, because this is the same thing I said immediately was now, again, this is anonymous, right? I mean, you know, if I want to put the poop emoji every day because I hate my boss, it's not, you're not going to know it's me. But what you're going to know if you're HR director, let's say, maybe you're not the boss of the unit, you're the HR director who's trying Mm -hmm. to figure out why there's some problems. You're going to go, okay, we're getting a lot of poop out of this particular area. And we're not actually, all we're going to get is that negative score. We're not even going to know exactly which emoji was responded. All we're going to get is that this team keeps responding back with highly negative emotions and we might need to check in on what's going on there. And it's so valuable too, because there's, there's really no chance of reprisal. I mean, I I suppose if a, let's, let's go back to the trade show unit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I suppose if, you know, basically it's all negative from that unit, the leader of that unit's going to, when they find out, or let's assume HR is doing this, they're going to pull that, that leader in and say, uh, we got some issues here. You want to talk right. about it. Um, right. But, but I don't see a direct way. We're like, okay, Barbara just sent us an email saying that you were a horrible person. And that, uh, you know, her mother was at the, in the ER and you wouldn't let her call her, you know, or something like that. Um, so there's that, I think that's beneficial. And by the way, if you're an employer listening to this thinking, well, uh, you know, maybe I don't want that. Yeah, you do. 
You want that because we get back to what Michelle said, right? We're talking about retention of employees, of good employees, Mm -hmm. and getting new good employees to show up. Mm -hmm. You know, Glassdoor is a thing. You know, you should really think about how you're viewed. Well, Um, and you can combine this information. So if I'm getting regular updates on mood, emotional state, that sort of stuff, and I can align that with dates that things were posted to Glassdoor, that provides me with some context as to what's actually being said over in Glassdoor. Hello? You are so <laughs> I, heard, I heard Michelle speak at uh, the Digital Marketing Summit uh, here in Kansas City in August, and we got to pal around a little bit. It was a blast. But uh, I am so impressed. You got it. If you haven't heard Michelle speak, go. She's like the queen, the maven of all these digital summits. She goes to them all over America. And I'll, I'll, I'll stop embarrassing her. There's you got one, one more this year? Years over. Yes. So I'm going to be in Raleigh on November 18th. Wow. So okay. if you can make it to Raleigh, North Carolina and get yourself a ticket for Internet Summit, I will be talking about this at that show later on this month. I'm going to ask Michelle to give me a link because uh, uh, we're recording this a little ahead of that. And I'm going to make sure that this goes out before then. So uh, you Raleigh folks listening in, I'm going to get a link and put it in the show notes. Check it out uh, in, wherever you get the uh, podcast or at PR After Hours. Dot com. Michelle, back to the PR side of it real quick, as we unfortunately have to start winding down. We barely scratched the surface, but um, let's talk again about the PR side of this. How, how, again, can companies get this and use it to PR advantage? Is It's, it's not scientific in the sense that like JD Power came in and did a survey, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really, can you, you really can't tout it that way, can you? Or oh. can you? I think over time you could, I wouldn't like just promote one particular day's score. It doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> but if you zoom out a little bit and think about company culture, right? Company mm-hmm. culture absolutely impacts how we engage with the general public and with the press. And can we be honest? Your culture isn't what it is just because you say it should be. Amen. The reality of, you know, what you want your culture to be and what you, what your culture actually is are typically two different things, but we can eventually get the reality and the vision of culture to align if we're asking these types of questions. So when it comes to PR, if my team, my staff, my employees are actually experiencing the culture that we say we want for our company, then that's going to show up in all of our PR efforts. That's going to show up in the way we communicate on social media, in press releases, doing interviews. Our spokespeople are going to feel more like they're actually speaking the truth when they get up to talk about our company, our product, because again, the reality of culture aligns with the vision of our culture. Yeah. You can't, you can't just, you know, tell everybody I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. You have to show it. You have to live it. You have to do that. And I think that's important. Um, Michelle, uh, how, how, how small an enterprise can you be where this is effective? I mean, it can't work if there's two people, obviously, but I mean, really companies, hopefully if it's just you and a business partner running your business, Hopefully you're pretty much in, in connection. If you can't talk, that's a problem. Yeah. If, this, if you're having a problem and there's just two of you, then maybe you shouldn't be in business together. But aside from that, so we can work with companies that are as small as a team of like six to 10. Hmm. Obviously, 
that small a company, we're not going to tell you to segment. Everything's just going to go to everybody if your company is that small. But anything from a company that's a small mom and pop that has six to 10 employees Mm -hmm. to enterprise businesses that need to be segmented based on geography and division and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I guess if you're General Motors, you wouldn't do this and, and include every plant employee every across the world. No, That's just and silly. honestly, even from plant to plant, I would probably segment each plant. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. If you're putting on fenders, we're going to talk to you folks on, on this one. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Uh, Michelle, I have so many more questions and we'll have you back, I promise, just because besides you being brilliant, you're, you're my pal and you're fun. Um, <laughs> where do people find more information about Mindful Happy? So please come to mindfulappy.com and there's plenty of information there as far as requesting a demo, if that's what you want, or reading articles about psychological safety and vulnerability and the, you know, great resignation. We've got all kinds of um, educational material as well as a chance to try the mindful appy prompt for yourself. That's fantastic. Um, if you look at PRAfterHours.com or in your show notes, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find links to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, Michelle's going to try to remember to send me a link to her Raleigh appearance uh, and you can see her in person. And it's a great conference anyway. Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, you learn so much at those conferences, but you, you and I'll, I'll give it away. If you go to one of Michelle's uh, talks, you might just get a little tiny stuffed uh, emoji keychain. And uh, I have to ask you as we close this out, what is the most popular emoji out of all the keychains you hand out which one seems to go the first um usually the happy smiley face those positive emotion ones usually disappear first we actually had an incident in um chicago that we had a whole bunch of poop emoji at the bottom of the bag it was so funny that people had been picking from our sets of emoji for so long that we had nothing left but poop (laughs) oh my god cmo and co-founder of mindful happy (laughs) marketing expert and speaker michelle says it was a a genuine pleasure hey let's come come back in the new year would you i would absolutely love to oh i'd love to have you maybe and one of these times maybe bring tina along co-founder and let's love to talk that would be fantastic we could do Um, that i miss her she's a special double length episode could i talk oh, you I, into that maybe oh well if you can talk if i can talk you two into it that's the thing you guys are so busy but i i do appreciate it michelle again folks go to prafterhours.com for all the links and michelle again uh thanks for joining us here uh and making us a little more mindful in the virtual lounge thank you Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR. Or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free. Doesn't take long and you record your message, I get the message, I will play your audio, just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget to, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. 
or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at PRAfterHours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over, and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge. And until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.